Hey gang, we have a San Diego Historical Games Convention coming up in May, 21 through 23. We're excited about this one. We've got a lot of interesting designers, developers, soon-to-be designers, enthusiasts, vendors that are going to show up and show off their games and talk about what they do. It's really a big variety and continues to grow. This is the second online convention we've done. We did one in November. Uh, in lieu of our face-to-face -face meeting and who knows what will happen in November 21 but this is uh, we've learned a lot we're getting better at it and uh, also learning about the new benefits that this forum provides it's different than face-to-face -face. we miss some of those face-to-face -face characteristics a, a good handshake and a uh, you know, bumping into people in the hall uh, on the other hand, this provides some really unique opportunities to get a lot of designers and notables here at the con, so I think you'll find that is the case. And provide you with not only opportunities to watch them play games, but also opportunities to see what they're working on and to talk with them in an informal environment that we wouldn't normally be able to do. So, so we're excited about it for May, but we're also excited about it for the future. To develop this, we thought we would get the steering committee for the San Diego Historical Games Convention, at least five of us together, and talk about the convention and what we're working on and give you a feel for not just what's coming, but also the camaraderie in this crew, which I think makes this uh, a great convention and good fun to participate. Uh, the fellowship is just incredible. So uh, with no further ado, uh, I will uh, turn this over to the group as we funnel into the room, and I hope you enjoy this. Can you, can you mute the picture? Yeah, I'm just I'm just here for eye candy. So <laughs> I always wondered who the face was going to be. I guess it makes sense that it's you, uh, right? I, um, I had a discussion with Mark Miklos, who did all those great battles of the American Revolution. Mm, yep. Series. He uh, and and uh, he's just such a he's a he's a really is a nice guy and just a class guy, and humble and just you know wonderful. But also when you talk to him, it's almost like talking to somebody that was actually in the battle. So it's very funny in that regard. Mm. So I I uh, I turned on the recorder. In the, mid, in the middle of our conversation and at the end I said you know Mark I, I didn't warn you but I recorded this do you mind if I use it uh, in a podcast or something and he said yeah go ahead so we can even splice that in if we uh, excellent if we if we choose to look at Pat Pat's still in space <laughs> Pat you're still in orbit yep I'll fix that no, you don't. You don't have to fix it. You're welcome to stay in orbit if you'd like. Sometimes it's safer up here. Exactly. Mm. We had a good adventure this morning, fatigue. I've been seeing reading the emails. Sounds like you guys are well, a few bumps along the way. <laughs> a lot of stuff going on. Very <sighs> funny. 
So I kept trying to ask ask earlier this morning, but kept getting overridden by by volume and voice. Um, the character that entered the Duke's yacht and it blew up as he entered. Who was that again? That was uh, Dan Fancaldi. What? Or Fandancaldi. Fandancaldi. Yeah. I've been trying in the last couple of sessions to, is there, do we have any access to any information on that, on that character? Not, not Dan, but Ben. Right. Uh, yeah. I was going to say he has a YouTube channel. That's pretty well, I'm talking, I'm talking, not talking about the, the person, the player, but the, the, the character within the game. Yeah, you know, not not really. Um, he, uh, you know, he's a. You knew he was a space caster uh, when he came on, and he uh, and he was. Uh, I coached the heck out of him and gave him oh, little yeah. quips to say the whole way, and he just kept firing him on those guys. It was. Uh, <laughs> he and he had no idea what he was doing. He didn't even realize it was a role playing game until I. Told oh, okay. Him. <laughs> so, uh, so it was. It was all. We were just really just being silly, but he ended up being the first guy. Oh my goodness, Bobby! It looks like almost like you have a halo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're by the way, Bobby, but but it's looking great. Perfect. Yeah. Looks like the emperor. This is going to be our background <laughs> though in tech support, right? Like you know, all of us will have that same background, so it's like the minute somebody walks in, we're it. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, right on. Cool. At least you guys are wearing the colors. I'm not. I've got there nothing. you go. I got nothing. You're just selling liberty or death, it looks like. It's, I'm selling that 24-7, 365, baby. Yeah, it's a good product, I heard. I hear it's almost, a, again, on the third printing, it's almost uh, ready to go. Nice. Nice. Wow. Cool. So, the, third, the third printing will be exactly like the second, but I do encourage you all to buy it again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's not a way to sell it. It's, uh, there's so much more improved. It's exactly. so much more improved than the third copy. You have to have have to have this version there are a few things that i'm i'm thinking about changing that are very minor but we actually debated changing the whole bot system but uh oh, yeah wow. i thought i thought um whoever was who did it was working on something for no he's working on it for your uh um south china sea game yeah south china sea so yeah but um Anyway, I, it looks like we'll have Liberty or Death without a new bot at least this this round. I have to wait till the fourth edition. That we... I keep getting the idea that the more card-based bots are released, there'll be some enterprising individuals, you know, modders on BGG and CSW that'll start to make their own. Yeah, but they share you know some similar verbiage, so I can. I'm I'm very surprised people haven't like tried to make their own bots. You know, just just little right. slight alterations here and there. It's uh, it it happens. It's it's pretty amazing. It's amazing. That's the great thing about this hobby. I think is that there's so much. None none of it's economic, right? None of this work that people do. Right. Even, you know, even designers. That if you broke it down your time into a per hour basis, uh, you know, it's pennies at best. I'm if not sure you can get the pennies. Yeah, the only ones making a living. I mean, are, are principals, right? Or you know, it's just it's very small. Yeah, and and it's a and it's a. You know, it's 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 in in venture capital we call it make work, right? It's it's a it's yeah. it's a job. It's a business created to support one individual. So, you know, the expectation that there's a lot of money to be shared, and 
And I feel bad. I mean, some people work hard and expect to work their way into pay in this hobby. And it's just a really bad career choice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Of you course. Know, it has to be a hobby or else, you know. I mean, the vendor interactions have been a bit eye-opening for me. I mean, I, I knew that they were all small coin yeah. concerns, but I mean, just, you know, three guys, you know, a couple people really just kind of driving the whole thing. And then, you know, the designers yes. are, are, you know, they pay with, they get their passion realized and that's part of the, part of the pay. Yeah. If you talk to somebody like Roger Miller at, um, at Revolution Games, right. And you ask him, yes. you know, how Rev Games started, right. Like he just, he, you know, always wanted to do it. He cashed in his 401k, took a big leap and it's a living. It's him, Richard and his ex-wife running the warehouse. Yeah. So, and that's it. So. That's an odd business dynamic, having an ex involved. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because he introduced her to me at a con. He's like, oh, I brought along my um, my warehouse manager. And um, then eventually he explains, hey, it's my ex-wife. <laughs> we're like, we're best friends. And you know what I mean? Like, like you know, she uh, she understands business, et cetera. So it's just, but it's interesting. It's, just, it's basically the three of them. That's such a great story because I've met her on a couple of occasions and she's been introduced as the warehouse. Yeah, she's sweet. she's sweet. I remember the first time she was there it was the first time that she had, she had come to the con. She was a, she was a little reserved, but, but she lit up just a, just right. interesting three people. Very interesting. So Bobby, we were going to talk about the convention, but you've taken us in a TMZ direction. Sorry about that. Is there, is there, is there any other gossip we need to get on the table? Okay. Do you have video of anyone? Yeah, no, no. But if I get something, I'll put it out in an update. So, so the idea was that we would record some of our silly discussions uh, around the con. You, you know, this is this is a subsegment of the group that makes it all happen, right? This is the committee, and uh, you know, there's other other people, Jeff and and Chris and Roberto, and uh, I'm sure others that I can't even think of. But but a lot of people put in a lot of work. And, and part, but part of the fun of the convention last November was us just sitting in the admin room, just chatting. And it, it right. was great, right? The fellowship amongst this group is awesome. So I thought, what a great chance to do it and record it and give people an idea of what's coming in the convention, if I can get this published quickly. So this is almost um, exactly the, the, uh, the people who are in a tech support room. So this is what you missed out <laughs> by not having a text problem at the, at the last con. That's right. Yep. That's right. That's right. That's and and uh, yeah, and by by Edgar setting, setting everything up. So, you know, we've got five people here, of course, me. And uh, we're arguing whether I'm the face of this or Pratik should be the face because he's prettier than I am. But <laughs> well, we might put that up to vote. Oh, uh, yeah. um, so, so we got me, we've got uh, Pat Wells, who's been associated with the con for ever since day one, I started the face-to-face -face con. Pat was my partner in crime the whole way and uh, is, a, is an anchor in, in this whole thing. Um, we've got uh, Bobby's with us and uh, Bobby has joined the con for the November convention and has been um, just, a, just a beast in getting information out. And getting us organized and, and, you know, kind of reaching a new level of professionalism. So uh, just pumped to have Bobby involved in this. And then, of course, Edgar, who um, is the brains of the technical side and really the brains of everything else. So uh, Edgar's 
given us the confidence to do this on Discord, to grow it, to execute on tabletop uh, events. I keep wanting to say tabletop simulator, but tabletop events. Um, and, and so, you know, the Egger's a, a huge part in that. And then Pratik and Pratik and Jeff have been working with the, um, with the vendors and uh, trying to increase the vendor engagement. We'll talk more about that in a minute, but um, you know, we have some ideas for what we want to do. And then of course we have to do something that's good for the vendors. So that's a, that's an interesting uh, discussion in, in my mind, but um, you know, we we sit here on Sunday and I hate to mention days on recordings or podcasts because it always takes me too long to get them out. And it seems like it was ancient times, but Just don't tell them which Sunday, don't tell them it's still March. <laughs> that's right. On a Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This Sunday in March. Um, so here yeah. we are on Sunday. We opened ticket sales Saturday and inside 24 hours sold over a thousand tickets. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's really, it's really quite amazing. So <laughs> that definition, we've got a couple of things going on, right? We've got registrations, which are people signed up. And uh, today we've got two thirds of the registrations done, right? We have, three, we have 300 slots. We have over 200 registered at this point. And then um, the, the tickets are for seats at events. Uh, and we've, we've got a bunch of those, you know, each, each event has 50 seats and we've, we've sold a thousand of those uh, seats, which is quite extraordinary. Um, so I'm pretty excited about uh, the quantity of participation, but really all that's driven by the fact that we've just got so many great designers uh, here at the con doing their own thing, right. Mm -hmm. uh, from, from uh, Mark Herman to, uh, to Volko Runka to, um, David Thompson to Bobby finish the list. I, I can't even. It's run. infinite. It's, it, it's, it's the Oscars. It's just, it's amazing. It's so much uh, more entertaining though. Completely, completely. And um, we're just, just super lucky, super lucky. It's a, it's a, it's a combination of um, in the soft touch, the Herald rings, right? You've got a lot of friends in the, in the industry and the hobby and just bringing that together and all these super interesting people you know just even besides their game design they they all bring such amazing content just to the conversational table it's a absolutely thrill to be around them it's awesome yeah and a, a lot it. of a lot of games that have been around for a while and then a bunch of new games uh that mm -hmm. are that are showing up i just got off uh, off the phone yesterday with mark miklos and uh he's got the um He's got the new game. What is it? It's not Rhode Island. What is it? Uh, Bobby, I, if you'll look it up while I while I yeah. distract everyone, we'll absolutely uh, we'll make this appear seamless. But Mark <laughs> had, and and he uh, and Mark, of course, Mark's wonderful. And and I might even cut and paste a recording uh, I did with him as I was talking to him uh, in, in this recording. But you know, Mark is one of those. One of those great, he's an excellent designer. These games are great, very playable and wonderfully reflective of the period. And he's a pro and he's done this, you know, this is number 10, I think. Yeah, it is. And Battle what, of the White Plains. White Plains. And uh, so I'm talking to Mark and he's the best, uh, you know, he's just the best. He's a good human being. He's nice. He's, he's humble. Uh, and, and we were having this discussion. And when you talk to Mark, it's like he was at the battle. And uh, so no, he's he was telling me the stories of how they put the the the, um, 
the map together. He found a, a local who was also a fan of his series. And he said that every weekend that local would go to a different point on the battlefield with his family and take a bunch of pictures and send them to him. That's the best way to check line of sight is physically out there. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. Can you actually shoot your, you know, your, your wife, daughter, son. Right. From- the fun we have definitive answers for those slopes <laughs> with a camera, of course. Yes, yeah. yes, cro- yes. crosshairs on the lenses. That's what I meant. Camera, of course. You guys <laughs> taking it the wrong way. But uh, yeah, he was he was delightful. So he's gonna he's got a session coming up as well for this White Plains game that you know he doesn't have a production map. It's a it's a playtest map, and he's going to do some show and tell. So very cool. In preparation for setting up this convention, I have a ton of conversations with designers and others about participation and how it looks, what they could do, brainstorming with them about how we could put it all together. I'm going to share one of those conversations. This is with Mark Miklos, the designer of the Battles of the American Revolution series for GMT Games. Love Mark. He's a, he's a great guy. So with his permission... Uh, he allowed me to share a little bit of an insight into into what those discussions look like. I hope you enjoy it. Some Hessians as well. Mm-hmm. And then he was going to launch a grand assault. He was committed. He had the deployments, and I have those, because that's on record. And come that next morning at 5.30 a.m. when he stood his men to arms, another thunderstorm broke out lasted for four hours he had everybody stand down and the attack didn't happen um it's it's an incredible story and i wonder if you know just kind of going through that might be the the thing to do oh absolutely absolutely so what would we call it would it wouldn't really be a demo then would it it would be seminar seminar suggests well is there is there the opportunity for attendees to ask questions of the presenters? Yes, it it will be fully interactive. Okay, so it could be maybe a seminar. Yeah, yeah, I think that's great. I think it would be awesome. And and, and I we'll, could blend I can blend a little bit about the the process of designing a game where there's little extant information to pull from and what that's like, and then sort of tell the story of the battle. Yes. Um, that might work. Yeah. Oh, I look, I, Mark, I think it would be very popular. Now, and of I, course, here I am predicting, but, you know, it's it's not just Mark Miklos, right? It's 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 uh, Mark Herman and Volko and John Butterfield, et cetera, right? So that's part of the challenge is that, you know, everybody has their own draws. You know, I was I, talking I, about- of course, I only have, I only, at this point, I have a prototype map that I could... Um, Put on the screen, which mm-hmm. my hand-drawn maps are are not shabby. I mean, they're they're kind of compelling, uh, if I may say so myself. And so I could at least put that up. That's I'm not going to get in the production queue until I exceed 500 orders and then some. Which right. and then there's all these games in front of mine anyway. So it's going to be a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a while before I have a an art department quality map to show. But I've got a prototype map. I could put that up and then, and then just, um, you know. Yeah. It's Mark. It's perfect. It would be great. You don't, uh, you don't have to make any, you know, I think one of the cool things about a convention and this kind of thing is to see the, the, the game before it's in production quality 
materials, right? So I think people will, you know, the fans of the system will be very interested in seeing your process. Um, I took a look at the calendar because Mm -hmm. I saw the dates, of course, 21, 22, and 23. And um, remind me the time of day each day. Yeah, so uh, we, we basically schedule events from 9 until whatever time you want. And those are Pacific time. So you're East Coast, I recall. So you're going to yeah. be kind of noon until whenever you, you know, whenever you can are your options. The, the mornings are very popular. So, you know, Volko and Mark Herman are both very active on the, on the mornings. Um, the afternoons are less active. Sunday, there's less activity. And then Friday uh, morning, there's less activity. Um, yeah, and, just like and, a real convention. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Plots. Perfect. Yeah. It's funny uh, how we're animals with habit, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, um, let me, Friday's, let me throw another, let me throw another sort of wrench in the, in the yeah. gears here. I, you've already got scheduled events too. So I've yeah, got, well, one of them is, one of them you may be interested in, in, in attending it Saturday at six Pacific 90 Eastern PM. Uh, GMT Gene is going to do a state of the state address for GMT. So, you know, he's asked me to invite any designers that are going to be there. So yeah. you know, maybe what? your Saturday, just drop in and, and attend that. Uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time Saturday. 9, 9 Eastern. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, you know, that would be a, a good and easy thing for you to attend. And you could talk about, you know, you'll have a bunch of GMT fans and you can talk just, you know, you know how Gene does with his, yeah. you know. Um. And, and, you know, the other thing, Mark, is that, uh, you know, if you wanted to have some of your minions come and present on Saturday or something, that's fine too, right? I mean, I, um, I, I, I want to encourage you to do whatever you want, but nothing more. <laughs> so I don't want this to become a chore. That's why this is all so fun to us. Um, so if you wanted to do something Friday, if you wanted to do something Sunday, whatever works for you, we're, we're fine with. And you probably have the schedule there. I, I have it here too. I can look at it, but are there, are there, well, let me understand this. You, you aren't going to offer events simultaneously, are you, or are you? There, there are a lot of events, right? And so they, they're overlapping and it's going to be I see. choices. But that's to my point of, you know, of, of this, this online env- environment allows people to pop between events in that yeah, hour. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, so I guess what I need to do then is take a, a, a really close look at um, Friday and Sunday. Yeah. And if you that. could make, if you could make Gene's event great, if not, not a problem. Oh, no, I think I, 9 p.m. I, I should be fine. Um, so, so probably I, I, by all means, I, I, I have no problem jumping in on Gene and I, I probably would dial in just as a, as an attendee and, and maybe see what some of the other things feel like, look like, but yeah. I think my best bet would be a Friday or a Sunday. Good. So let me look at those, those schedules and see who I might be up against if I pick a time that's already taken. Well, don't, don't worry about, you know, there are going to be so many people there, Mark. I think you're going to do fine either way. Um, you know, I, uh, Mark Herman, I think, is Saturday and Sunday morning. Volko, Volko is Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning, Pacific time morning. 
Um, but, you know, there's so many people at the con that I don't think that's going to be a problem. And you're a big draw anyway. Um, if you wanted to be safer, uh, you know, kind of the, the Friday or Sunday, but, but you're already locked in there. So I, I say pick something that works for you. Don't worry about the schedule. Let's not over-engineer. Okay. And uh, pick something that works for you, and I think you'll have a good audience. And if by whatever reason you don't, then, you know, it's up to you as to whether or not you want to come or do something else. But I think you're going to get enough people there where you're going to have a great time in, in, in any situation. Do we, do your presenters know ahead of time how many people, is there like a pre-registration for events? Yes. So tomorrow the tickets go on sale and they'll be on sale for the next month until the event starts. Um, just because your events aren't up doesn't mean anything. People will buy all the time. Um, and so what I think is, um, uh, you know, what we usually do is we put 50 tickets per event. And, and, but it, it really doesn't do anything but signal to you how many people are interested. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, so that's, that's what you'll get as we get closer as to how many of those 50 tickets sold. I'm going to do one other thing too. I'm going to give Rob Doan a call this evening. Rob Doan has designed all the Vassal modules for BOAR mm. and is a quality player as well. Um, mm-hmm. There are several in my cadre that are excellent players. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start with Rob Doan, but I, I, I'll see if I can't get a wingman. Mm. Um, in the event, we do want to push a few counters too, in addition yes. to what I've already said. I mean, I'm, I'm going to see what I can, what I can configure here for you to make yeah. it as good as it can be. And I, 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 I don't imagine if, if I'm, if it's just me talking uh, about the battle and the design process and the white planes and so on, I probably need an hour. If I'm going to have a wingman and we're going to push some pieces, then maybe two. Yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. That's a perfect event. Okay, Harold. Well, I'll be back in touch uh, right away. I guess this is a tentative yes, and let me let me just take a harder look. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that sounds great. Let us know, and as soon as you know, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna copy Bobby when we uh, you'll see Bobby Nunez uh, info come up, and Bobby will uh, will arrange uh, the scheduling uh, and once you decide what you want. And uh, if I if be- I get an answer. Uh, tickets go up tomorrow, uh, tomorrow morning, first thing? Uh, tomorrow, um, probably 10 a.m. your time. Okay. If I can get you an answer before 10 a.m. my time tomorrow, would would I appear on the schedule in time then? Uh, I, I, I can't tell you whether you would be on the schedule right away. Um, so, so Bobby, who does this, and you know the, you know the, cost of all volunteer armies is sometimes volunteers have other things to do. Of course. So Bobby, Bobby's doing some things tonight and I don't think he can, I don't think he'll be able to do it, but it's always possible. But if it's, you know, if yours goes on Sunday, I think it's still going to get a ton of attention. Okay. So I don't think, I don't think you're going to miss out if you get it to us on Sunday. Okay. Well, thank you very much for extending the invitation. I, I, uh, (laughs) Uh, when I looked at who all you have in your stable of designers for this event, I looked over my shoulder and said, Is, did he reach out to me by mistake? You know, <laughs> so, so thank you for, uh, you know, for that. Yeah. Well, Mark, thanks. And I love that you're participating in this and, uh, 
you and I should do another podcast at some point. Let's let's think yeah. on that once we're done with this uh, convention because I'd love I have a million other questions to ask. Great. Thanks, Harold. We'll be in right. touch. Yeah, take care of yourself. Hey, one more thing, Mark. Yeah. Um, so I turned on the recorder and I didn't ask you, but I want to ask if, if would you be okay if I included this in a in a podcast that's coming up? Just our yeah. little discussion here. Sure. Nothing, and then I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'll be sure I don't, but I just want to get you get your approval before I do it, since I didn't ask before. Go ahead. All right. Thanks. thanks. Good talking to you. Yeah. Take care. David Thompson is uh, showing his new uh, his new version of uh, Undaunted. What is it? Reinforcements, Reinforcements, which is a great add-on for both of the previous Undaunted modules, and that's a solo platform. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Dan Dan uh, uh, Dan Bullock is showing his um, Iranian game, I think. And I don't has that been yes. delivered yet? The 1979 game? Yeah. No, it's yeah. still on Kickstarter. It Kickstarter closes today or tomorrow. Good. You know, which unfortunately is going to place this podcast in a specific point in time, but <laughs> theoretically, right. um, as as a riff of that, I don't think he'll be demoing nineteen seventy nine revolution in Iran at SDS this year. But he is bringing along um, with his co designers, uh, one of them on our team, Chris Bennett. He's bringing in the shadows. Oh right, yeah, new new with GMT. Uh, another subject. Uh, um, it's one of the events I'm really looking forward to. Uh, French resistance you know, latter part of the second world war uh, looks to be really good. And yeah. those, those three heads together produce a cool game. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be great. And then the old standbys, right? We got Volko's doing Almoravid, I believe. Right. No, no, we're in the show business. Yeah. He's, he's doing Nevsky, right? Yeah. Nevsky. Yeah. 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 So he's, and he's, he's doing kind of an interesting thing. He's going to set up three days of Nevsky and play a campaign that theoretically could go all three days, two or three hours a day. I, I can't remember exactly what his time slots are, but the idea, his idea is that he's going to break the group that shows up into two different, uh, different uh, teams. Oh, yes. The team will collaborate and negotiate what they want to do. Those, those are always a lot of fun. And that's a great way to use the technology too. Once you try to put 20 people into a room like that, it gets a little difficult, but <laughs> right. wait, Discord will set up. It's, it's a lot of fun. Right. So that'll be cool. And, and um, you know, he says he doesn't mind if people come for one day or two or whatever, right? You can just pop in, change teams, do whatever you like. Yep. And then that way he's going to keep everybody else involved. And and some of these events, um, you know, there people will show up and the GM will ask if there's anybody that wants to play. So maybe there'll be two or three, two or four people play a game and, um, and the uh, designer will GM that. Right. And then everybody else can watch. But, you know, it, it, that's one of the cool things about this con, this online convention that I we just don't talk about enough. And that is that you can step into a game and and watch it. And by the way, you're on the front row. Right. You get your 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 the designers there. You can hear them clearly. Uh, you can see the map. They're sharing a map of some kind um, through discord. And then five minutes later, you can go to another session. And, uh, and, and drop in. And it's not a nuisance. You're on the front right. row again. And uh, you can, you know, as much as you want to see. The, 
we have so many great designers that are conflicting with one another mm-hmm. that, um, that it really is a great opportunity to, to pop around. Now the warning I'll, I'll give is, is, was the one I learned my own on my own list. I would sit in with you guys and chat in the, um, in the admin room. And then I would pop into somebody else's room and then I would, I, which, and I didn't have my mute on. Right. So my mute's off and I've got this loud mechanical keyboard and I just start pounding on it. Oh, sure. (laughs) (laughs) And, and you know, probably three times during the weekend alone, Volko said, Harold, would you please mute? Yeah. There's a few things to learn, but it's worth mentioning that uh, Discord, the software you use, is completely free, and you can just do it through the browser. You don't need to install anything, so you can participate in the convention just by clicking a URL, and there it is. It's on your browser. You're watching the video. You're hearing the people. You don't need to do anything else. So this is, if you want to dig a little deeper into it, that's always an option. But if you just want to participate, it's really low barrier to entry. Clicking a link is all you gotta do. And before the last con, and we'll do it again before this one, uh, we brought a lot of people up to speed on Discord, Vassal, um, TTS. Yes, yes. I think Volko is probably a great teacher of Vassal, frankly. Yes. And then the the Wargame Bootcamp guys are... Hardworking as well. Second hardworking people in the show business. Exactly. So there's plenty of opportunities to get over the the electronic hump in terms of of learning the technology. Absolutely. You can enjoy yeah. yeah, definitely. And I like the idea that um, you brought up about, you know, moving from room to room. I mean, it builds upon the model that we all wanted from the get-go to emulate the, the physical convention atmosphere and the ability to, you know, nobody can see the air quotes I'm making, right? but, but walk around, you know, explore different rooms. Yeah. And, um, you know, never be put off due to, you know, being shy or anything. I mean, you're in the comfort of your own home or your office and you pop in and you can listen in and you can participate, you know? In one case, in the comfort of the, your own closet as uh, yeah. one person. That's right. <laughs> if I remember correctly, they were banished by their family friend, for the being too loud. That's right. <laughs> and uh, he was uh, joining us from his uh, coat closet and it's, it's having it. a great time. He had a great time. So that's always well, an option for you. Still a front row seat. Still a front row seat. Still exactly. Yes. Yeah. yes. Loved it. That's funny. That's probably it. Was it was that a European uh, participant that was keeping everybody awake or no? I don't remember. You mean no. with the coats? With the coats? With the, yeah. with the coats. No, that was Darren Leveloff, the designer of uh, Soviet Dawn and all those state of siege. And he's, he's redoing his house, right? So yeah. he's yeah. living in a in a small yeah. unit outside and just um, it he was basically in a large, large walk-in closet. I thought he was selling his coats. <laughs> so there was a lot of good stuff there such a deal my friend yeah <laughs> it was awesome it was great that's good that's good just one of many many we, we all had cool stories at the last con bobby you did something that was kind of unique at the last convention as a matter of fact you did really some zoom, you did some zoom bombing as i recall yeah i can't yeah it's hard to recall yeah that is such an excellent story because i don't think the the real story has ever been told i think dan maybe to this day um, and and for for listeners who might not have been at the con or at the event, um, and not a lot of people noticed it, but but we riffed on it a lot in social media after. But but Dan Pancaldi of No Enemies Here fame, the uh, weekly war game um, YouTube cast, right? Um, he ran it was more gain beyond Reti, right? Um, just you know talking about hubris and and some other uh, war game stuff. 
And he had a channel and he left generally a lot of our uh, hosts if they were, you know, running a YouTube live stream or, or their channel. But instead of leaving the link to the YouTube stream where you could participate in live chat, um, he left the back door to it using StreamYard, right? So basically he left the backstage open. And it was just brief, right? But I deleted the link, but but not before I had I had clicked on it. And I was going through lots of things very quickly. <laughs> clicked on it, ended up backstage. Very surprised. And going, Dan, yeah. And then couldn't extricate myself fast enough. And even when I did, I left a ghost. And I was just floating in there with Morgan and Dan. Like, what is this? It was, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen because – First of all, you clicked on it, and I don't think you really realized you were Zoom. No, no, either. I didn't. I mean, you I thought didn't. you were jumping into one of my Zoom sessions, right? Where yes. you, so so where everybody sits together, right? And and, yes. and so it's Dan and it's Morgan and it's you and hey. and yeah, and Dan of course had no idea why you were in the middle of it. He was confused. <laughs> you were confused, and uh, it was really it was good for a laugh. I still don't think Dan knows what happened. I don't, I, think, I don't he, think he did either. And and after we we added fuel to the fire by saying that that it was uh it was planned. It was yeah. planned. We yeah. had we had hacked into his system and yes. found the back door and beware. Yeah. beware there's more coming. Yeah, we're and we're watching you in your own home. The best part it was Dan. And Dan knew how to roll with it too. Yeah, no, it was it, pro. it was very funny. Yes. And Dan, I, you know, I think Dan's even going to do something, right? Dan's going to do a, uh, uh, a kind of a, maybe even an opening ceremony. I don't know if it's a ceremony, but oh. an event where he's gathering, he's gathering a handful of Canadian designers uh, to do. They all speak the same language as yeah. Dan. So uh, that's right. They all uh, speak Canadian. They speak Canadian. Yeah. I wonder what the Canadian yeah. uniform will be this year. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Exactly. I think that's going to be an awesome panel. That's sort of our opening event, right? Occurring not on the first day of the con, but the evening before. Yes. And oh, and then. so who are the sit? Who are the who are the Canadian designers? Of course, Morgan uh -huh. is going to be there. Um, Brian Train. Brian Train. Um uh, I guess not Carl Paradis anymore. We were no, we were but the Carl gentleman who did uh Bayonets and Tomahawks. Yeah, Mark Rodriguez. Yes. Yeah, and it seems to me like there's one more that Marco Poutre, right? Yes, yes. Oh, that's Bayonets and Tomahawks. I'm sorry, right? But yeah, no, that is Marco. And uh, yeah, so anyway, that that that's going to be an interesting uh, thing, and it's it keeps Dan busy, right? I mean, that's really some out of trouble for us. So we don't <laughs> want him to hurt anyone, um, and if he's going to hurt somebody, we want it to be the Canadians. Uh, so. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Absolutely. So, Isn't no, Robert, we, is it Robert Dulesky? Is Robert Dulesky? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think he's there too. Yeah. Yeah. So we love the Canadians. We don't want anybody hurt. And, uh, and so that's, that's good. Um, other interesting panels, right? Uh, let's see. Scott Mansfield is going to do um, a graphics panel and uh, some interesting, uh, some interesting names there, which I'm not going to remember, Bobby. So I hope you're referring back to all of these. But. The teaching session was a big hit last time. Yeah, that was great. And he's going to do fantastic. another one of those, right? Where he teaches you how to take pictures of games. He's been kind of doing a lot of the stuff for GMT games where he's kind of there to some degree, uh, their go-to photographer. He takes absolutely amazing photos, uh, photos of components of the, you know, the box arts of the games in play that really kind of tell a story. When you see his photos, 
you're not just looking at the bits and bobbles. You're actually seeing, you're kind of experiencing the game through visually. And he does an incredible job of capturing that. He really talks about that specifically, how to yeah. tell a narrative in his photos in that talk. And I highly recommend that one. Yeah. And he, he highly drives home too. He had a, he had a good riff on um, about composition, you know, and composition mm -hmm. being, you know, yeah. really, really the important factor and, and a lot of the technique, you know, just adds to it. But, but with the artist panel, uh, that'll be really interesting. That's um, Richard Shaco of, uh, you know, uh, Friedrich, right? And Maria Fain. Yes, yes. Um, Mark Rodrigue, again, I'm going to make an appearance. And Jerry White, um, a designer and artist. Right? And uh, Terry Leeds, of course. Yeah, who did uh, the art on, on this. Liberty or Death, probably one of the yeah. finest maps in, in, you know. Oh, the greatest, Bobby, not probably. <laughs> right. I'm silly. Just trying to be fair to other Don't people. Be no, no, we're not, we're not here to be fair. I will admit, though, Terry's stuff is awesome. Yeah, Terry, Terry's, Terry's great. He's also doing the art on uh, Flashpoint South China Sea. Okay. Right. Now, he, is, he is now working for GMT. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good to hear. Yeah, it's great. They're keeping him busy. He did Tank Duel. Um, yeah. yeah, so he's he's got his hands full, but uh, and I think yeah. Mike Bartoschelli is going to be there. Speaking of tank duel, I think I yes. saw his badge uh, recently go by. Right. Good, good, good. Yeah, I'll, I, I'll level check, make sure. Yeah, he's got the desert <laughs> expansion that's coming out. Yes, yes. What events are is everybody looking forward to? Are there any personal events? I mean, we'll have time, you know, to enjoy the con too. Anything that stands out to any of you? Well, we'll have a number of vendors represented and they're having events of their own. That's true. Um, so Blue Panther, they were there at the last con. Um, really nice uh, presentation about how they run their business. Um, and if you're at the con, potentially some discount opportunities. Yeah. Um, Lock and Load will be there again. Um, they're going to be demoing um, their uh, very popular Lock and Load tactical series as well as the World at War 85. Um, so there's multiple sessions of that. Um, so it's if you want to learn, um, this is the, this is the uh, time and place to do that. Academy will be there. Um, Aegir will be there. Um, new one, Revolution, um, mm -hmm. they'll be there um, demoing their new game that's, that's out very recently, Deadly Woods. Um, and um, many of these companies will be giving um, little talks about it's, it's really up to them what they want to talk about, sort of the state of the company, um, what they're working on, what, what the future brings or holds for them. Um, demos, um, potentially meeting some of their designers. Um, and then, you know, we've encouraged a lot of these vendors just to hang out in, on the chat and um, make themselves available. If you want to talk to them one-on-one, -on -one, um, just drop by. So just a chance to interact with vendors that, you know, probably most, most of us really only interact via the website and, you know, buying and selling. So um, this, I think, is a great opportunity, both events as well as interactions. Yeah, it's a little bit different from, from last year, right? I mean, in many ways, right, we have the ambassadors of, of many game companies, right? right. Show up and, and, you know, they, they, they demo their games, they, 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 they pitch, uh, you know, products may be in the pipeline, but, but what you're talking about, critique is, is, you know, having um, like a vendor room yeah. where there's, you know, again, as if you're just stopping by their offices. Um, and that's just something new for us. And it's cool. But again, it, it sort of emulates the physical con, right? Like, you know, you go over to the Revolution Games table or over to the uh, GMT table and uh, you might meet some, some individuals that work there. 
So it's it's really kind of nice. Yeah. So GMT's been a supporter of the con, right, Harold and 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 Pat, uh, mm-hmm. since the very beginning. So there'll be a significant presence, and as we've already mentioned, a number of the designers of of GMT games will be uh, demoing a number of of their uh, titles. Saturday night we have an event, six p.m. Uh, and it's a couple of hours, starting with Gene Billingsley laying out the state of the state of the state for GMT. So it's something. It's a it's a speech he usually gives at his local con- convention, right? Warehouse, yeah. warehouse, warehouse which, yeah. which many of us go to, and and uh, is not to be missed. Uh, but of course, given the pandemic, it's been hard for us to do that. So, so Gene is doing that, and and then of course we're going to have other GMT luminaries, uh, people with games. And um, John Butterfield is going to announce a game that he is working on uh, that has some, uh, some, some attachment to many of our hearts. Uh, and it's related to Chad uh, Jensen and the game that he didn't complete. So um, oh, that's that, interesting. Oh, wow. More, more to follow on that, but that's, uh, mm. that's going to come out at that particular event with uh, John Butterfield and Kai talking about that. Wow. Yeah, it's a big yeah. reveal. Yeah. So we got. I don't know what it is, incidentally. So I'm, I'm not thinking this. I have no I, idea. I don't either. I mean, I, I don't think any of us do. And that, yeah. that's just so. Yeah, I don't that's think any of you do. For all of us. <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, and I I'm I'm too excited to ask. I just think it's cool and and, and know know little about what Chad was working on behind the scenes. So um, that's pretty exciting and pretty cool, and and will be fun. And you know, getting a couple hours of GMT talking about how they view the markets. I mean, it's a rare rare opportunity. And uh, I think people will, re- will really like that. Um, let's see, what else do we have? You know, the other thing about Blue Panther to think about is, is Blue Panther is, is the face for a number of other companies. So um, Blue Panther covers all the Hollenspiel games and produces those. So those will, will be at the, uh, you know, well, he'll be talking about those. I don't, I, I can't speak for whether or not they'll be discounted. That's up to him. Um, but, you know, he brings the physical Hollenspiel games for sale at the, at the San Diego Con, yep. which is a great opportunity. Yep. And then um, what, what, who else? The uh, White Dog, oh, White okay. Dog Games, right? Mm-hmm. And then he's also adding some under his own label. So, you know, mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of cool games come through his hands, uh, and that'll be fun. Um, Uwe Eichert from Academy has discussed, you know, I don't know if he has the time. I know he's just swamped with the recent success, wonderful success of his uh, Kickstarter. But um, if he is able to, we expect to get a state of the business address from him. And, and, and we had a great discussion with him about a week ago about, um, you know, the costs, right? That we, we've, we've, uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to go into economics too much, but, you know, we're, we're introducing a lot of capital trying to get an economy moving and, and all of that activity is inflationary. And I'm not saying that that's bad. It just is. That's how economics work. I believe there's three means. rules, Harold, that we're not supposed to talk about. That's right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I, uh, I'll, I'll shut up. But the end result is that, you know, the game companies now are dealing with um, increasing uh, paper prices, yeah. which affect the price of games. And imagine if you did a Kickstarter or a P500 at a given price, and then you print it two years later. Uh, after locking in the price with your customers, and then you know your game company has to eat it. So they're trying to figure yeah. out how to deal with that. And we talked to Uwe Eichert a good deal about that. It'll be interesting to hear his his perspective. Um, so yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of good stuff. 
And we've got a lot, just, I mean, browsing through our schedule of events, is just, it's nuts. I mean, it's just, it's a dream catalog. Um, I just, I, I literally, you know, I'm browsing it all the time, right? It's just, you know, um, some doing some things on social media, et cetera. So I'm always looking at them and it's just, it's always a bit of a marvel, but there's a lot of events that, I mean, that, that resonated with uh, people last time, like the morning coffee sessions, yes, or yes. after hour sessions, and not just feedback from attendees, but a lot of the designers and, and luminaries as well. They really just enjoyed sitting around, kibitzing about wargaming, history, there are all sorts of topics covered. And it was just this really nice kind of fireside thing in the evening. Um, and I love the morning, just seeing all the different faces, uh, listening to Harold and, and Mo from Mo's Game Table, um, sort of our MC for a lot of the convention. He's amazing. Um, I just, I really enjoy those moments. So those are cool. They, they get you started and they wrap up your day. Um, you know, um, it's a great point, Bobby. Mo's involvement, uh, he's just, he's fantastic and very, very good with, uh, with our crew. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the way that Mo works with us is Thursday night before the convention. Uh, Mo and I are going to sit down at, uh, I think, again, 6 p.m. in the evening and talk about what's coming at the con. We might even have a few um, superstars, uh, designers drop in. Um, and uh, so that will be, you know, kind of the kickoff with Mo. And then Mo's going to do something every evening that will be a wrap up of the convention. And then at the con- and and those things will be widely available. You don't have to be in the con to get onto Mo's live feed. Um, and the cool thing uh, is after that's over, as Bobby was saying, we have a happy hour. So we, we gather in a room. What, what's the name of the room this year, Bobby? You even mentioned it. The after hours room. After hours room. Yeah, the after hours room. Very logical. Yeah, I like it. That's catchy. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, we thought about the lounge. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, let's see if this works, Bobby. If people can find it, we're in good shape. That's right. The beauty of having an after hours too is it rises to the top in the channels too. Yeah. You have the little the little single quotes, so yeah. it stays right up at the top. So we're That's hoping right. people hang we, out. Um, last year we cornered Uwe Eichert on Saturday night, and I think it was midnight his time. Yeah. And wow. uh, we he was he was spent, but it was in his den of some kind, and it was the most interesting group of of statues and mementos around there. <laughs> he lives and in I, the masterpiece theater set. If you, for people who have not <laughs> seen this, before. exactly it. it's incredible. Yes. And he was drinking a rare German aperitif of some sort or digestif of some sort. It was just absolutely an amazing experience. And yeah, he, said, he said he did that every night. It was great. And, yeah. and uh, <laughs> he did it. I believe it. I 100% believe it. Yeah, there's no question. No, he's he's legit, man. When he says it, it's he means it. It's from his heart. It's- and there was a bust of a, of a Roman emperor, um, but... We could stop saying it was the patron saint of wargaming, Abe Vigoda. Yeah. That sort of stuff. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Abe Vigoda. I know it was. Yeah. yeah. There was a very convoluted story of how he's related to the, pe- the people in the busts. So I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, right. that, was, that was an entire path of descent. So epic. It was so good. It was so good. I love Uwe because when he, you know, you get exactly what he is and what, he's, what he feels. There's no... You know, there's no, he's not trying to show off or trick you or convince you any other way. He just lays it out there. He pure is, energy. Uh, that guy's pure energy. Yeah, he's great. He's great. I, you know, I saw him at Gen Con, not last summer, of course, but the summer before. Uh, and he walked through a game and it was unbelievable. It's like the sixth, the sixth day of Gen Con. 
<laughs> and and he's taking me through a new game with the energy of a 12 year old that, yeah, that sure. was just so excited and interested. And uh, he is, you know, he is the, he's number one as far as the uh, hardest working man in the, in the business. But, uh, but the, eight, yeah, so we got eight o'clock, we've got the morning, the mornings, uh, you know, coffees. And, uh, you know, we've got some designers that are going to drop in and talk, but it's just a chance for all of us to talk. And that's what we end up with. Right? We end up, with some stupid controversial this question that I ask that ever makes everybody mad, half the people mad, and the other half are happy, and then we just argue with each other. But we can talk Next about everything. Sides. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. switch. Yeah, I'm setting them up. For, I'm just setting them up for Volko's game. That's all I'm doing. Um, but uh, you know, the the games start at nine, so people start filtering out at the end of that, and then I'm going to do a bunch of. Uh, Harold on games interviews, man. And I, you know, some of them are, are going to be epic. You man. Know, Dean Essig. I've got Dean Essig for the first time. That's pretty exciting. He doesn't That's talk very, very much. And I've, you know, I've asked, uh, begged, uh, pleaded uh, to get him on for, for, uh, for years. So that's exciting uh, to get an MMP presence. And we actually have somebody's doing an ASL and uh, demo. And, and um, I think Scott uh, is going to do the, the ASL demo, and then somebody else is going to do um, Ardwolf. It's going to do a, uh, um, let's see, what is it? OCS. OCS bootcamp, yeah. Yeah, bootcamp. So, uh, so you know, MMP is is growing in, uh, in footprint here, and um, that's we're all happy about that. That's great. Um, I, I love, I as, as much as it, as, as it sometimes doesn't seem, I love a good Hex Encounter War game, and MMP certainly puts out a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got Mark McLaughlin, uh, Ted Racer, and I got wow. him. And, uh, you know, people don't have to come to the convention to see those things. Uh, I'll be recording them and, and, and posting them later. But um, it's going to be fun, interesting to, interesting to talk to those guys in, in that forum. Well, I'd like really to highlight that. I mean, you've got, you got six Herald on Games interviews, uh, including a couple with both Jason Matthews and Amanda Gupta of Imperial Struggle, Twilight Struggle, 1960 fame. But um, the other four individuals, right? Mark McLaughlin, Ted Racer, Dean Essig, and Ed Beach. Yeah. I mean, these are all individuals that are just, you know, saints. You know, right, right. They reach canonization levels in wargaming, but they have not made many public appearances. Mm-hmm. These, True. I mean, I, should, I shouldn't say this, but I really considered these four interviews, you know, coups of a sort. Yeah. Um, because they're all very, very important designers and very interesting people, and they rarely make appearances. So um, those are those are all events I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to listening at. Yeah, I mean, go ahead, Pat. Sorry, I was thinking the interesting thing about the dynamic of this of a virtual convention is it enables access, greater access, for those designers that do not want to uh, venture out of their, their home territory. They can still participate. They can be heard. We can we can enjoy what they have to say and their insight into the gaming world from the comfort of their home. Mm-hmm. So it's I think it's it's a weird beneficial side effect yeah. of having to go virtual. Yeah, well said. No, I think yeah. I mean, you know, that was a real realization for me because the first time we we did this last fall. It was sort of as a substitute, right, for the, mm-hmm. the in-person San Diego mm-hmm. ISCON. Um, 
but it quickly became apparent that it it was a, a substitute, but it also was a, a lot else in terms of the ability for people who attended to go to a lot of different games, see a lot of different things, um, have access to a lot of different designers, companies, right. uh, more than you'd have at a at an in-person convention. Um, plus, we had a number of people who never went to in-person conventions because the travel and the time was just not, yeah. um, you know, possible for them. And so, you know, this was this was the convention. And so, I think, yeah, Pat, you're absolutely right. I think um, this offers a lot of opportunities that would never be available um, in an in-person convention. That's some of the best feedback we had. Yeah. Didn't we also have a couple of people feedback that they didn't go to physical conventions yeah, exactly. because they they don't like large gatherings, or, but they were able yeah. to attend ours and 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 see a lot more things than their their comfort level allowed. Right. Yeah. Those. Yes. There was that feedback. We had people who just live too far away and just cannot, you know, afford to travel to San Diego mm -hmm. because you know if you were coming from Italy or something like that, that's a very long ways to go. But there's at this point, the only thing you have to do is wake up at a slightly weird time for uh, for three days, and yeah. you're there. It's true. Yeah. It's our international footprint was definitely increased by the right. the virtual nature of virtual. I was very happy to see the Europeans uh, scheduling games in their own time zones and just kind of setting up their own events that kind of ha were happening and, you know, what I would consider 2 a.m., you know. And, yeah, the lights and, never go out, right? Exactly. So it's... <laughs> yeah, we don't have to lock the doors. It's becoming... We're becoming... Uh, more and more time zones are sort of falling uh, to our uh, grasp here. So pretty, hopefully it's going to be a 24-hour con at some point. So do you guys think there's a future in this online con stuff? I do actually. So. Oh yeah, it, this is a it's very very big money question right now. Uh, I'm you know coming from the tech world where cons usually cost four thousand five thousand dollars to attend and uh, are only in you know, the destination cities. And because of last year, they've been kind of moving to much more to virtual ones. And I don't. A lot of people don't want to go back. A lot of people are saying, "Why was I paying that much money to go hang out in a crappy hotel?" You know. Yeah. So um, I think there's a very there's a huge niche that a lot of people are going to be very open to. I hope that cons like this and uh, Jones being all cons will have virtual options going uh, going forward. Yeah, and I can envision even a lot of. I mean, we all know people who have their own little home con, right? Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> right? Like we could have Pratik con or or Edgar con or Pat con, right? And you know, <laughs> we all head over to the house and maybe he invites you know eight or ten people or whatever. Um, but I can see people doing that and even like even having like a guest appearance by the designer of the game that they might be playing. You know, it's just it, there's so much possibility because it doesn't require an enormous amount of effort in terms of physical space. Right. And organizing that, um, you know, we've learned that you can put together a, a fairly a, a fairly strong convention atmosphere given enough time. But given a week, you can put something very, very quickly together and use like something like Discord as your digital platform and instantaneously be sharing. It is really kind of worth mentioning that at a real con, you have to, you're there, it's, you're committed. It's a very, very good method. Ooh. Sorry, that, that had a little visual, uh, audiovisual glitch there for a second. I was going to say is that at a real con, you're kind of committed. You're, you're yes. there physically. You cannot leave to because the phone you know, rang and you have to step away from the game. You can't yeah. take a couple hours off to do something. And this one you can. You can literally drop in anytime where you have time or where you have your, your stuff scheduled and then go back to whatever else you need to get done. In between yes. last one and this one, Discord's actually increased their um, capabilities too, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. 
And yes, uh, we're very grateful for the fact that Discord provides the, uh, the service and the bandwidth uh, for us and for other cons uh, that are kind of using similar technologies. So uh, we're very, yeah, this has been a great technology for us. Yeah. Well, what's changed, Edgar, from you know, the uh, Discord limitations on, on video participants to now? Uh, not to go too, too deep in the weeds, it's just more people in the room. So we, have, we can have a lot more people than we did uh, in this, in, excuse me, in the fall for spring now this time. So uh, it's 50 people now with cameras on and screen sharing. Yeah. Which is frankly an amazing technology, just you know, without going, uh, it, you know, how excited I am by this. It's an incredibly difficult task. They're ama doing amazingly well. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just the perfect, um, you know, the perfect storm of capability and, and then the rest of us being stuck and not being able to do these face-to-face -face cons. Exactly. The other thing that's interesting about these cons that we don't talk about very often, but I thought I'd at least say something about, and that is that, um, that, that the uh, convention really costs very little, right? I mean, almost, almost nothing. And, uh, and so what we do for these conventions is we give the money to charity, right? Um, you know, we could, we could certainly give the, we just use it as a chance to, uh, to, to use uh, and communicate some gratitude. And, and so we select three charities as a group and uh, the money goes to those three charities. And I think that's a, that's a nice, admirable way to do this. The face-to-face -face convention is a different animal, you know, it, 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 we've spent anywhere from five to eight thousand bucks to put on a face-to-face -face convention with the rent and the and the guarantees on food and all these other painful things that we have to go through. So, this is a, just a very unique opportunity for us to do uh, to have the convention, have some fun, and then also do some do some good good works. So, uh, uh, I wanted I wanted to mention that, and that's certainly what we're doing. We don't talk about it a lot, but that's what's happening around these these uh, conventions. Yeah, and I can't, we can't speak for other conventions, but I think, you know, things like Armchair Dragoons, et cetera, and we've benefited greatly from, from all the work that Brand puts in. He's, he's another person of, of a like mind that, you know, we just want to do some good work. Um, that's just, that's basically it. Yeah. I think, you know, as sort of a, <clears throat> a newcomer to, to an, an amazing team, right? Um, a family, really. Uh, it's, it's really nice. It's, you know, the one thing we we're always talking about is just doing good. You know, we, we talk about a, a lot about, you know, little technical aspects and some of the strategies we have to, to, you know, get people to go. But at the back of all of our minds, we're always mentioning about just making this a good experience and a, a decent one and, you know, bringing a little, bringing a little humanity while we can, especially in the last mm -hmm. year. So I, just, yeah. I, I like that, that even just, the wargaming hobby in general, but but especially this team, yeah, definitely united behind that concept. It's um, you know, I'll, I'll talk about the team in a minute and try not to, to tear up, but you know the um, the goal of this convention two years ago, in particular, you were you and Tim Charlesworth really were the two that were pushing it early on, and and as I recall, the goal wasn't to put on a big convention and get a bunch of people in and or raise money or do anything else. It was you know, there are a bunch of people that don't know how to use these tools that we're all working with now in this pandemic. And if there's any way that we can get people more comfortable with Discord, with Vassal, with Tabletop Simulator, uh, then we should do it. And, and uh, you know, with those original goals, we did 
you know, I, I'm very pleased uh, with with the number of people that we know, right, that we converted to, to these forums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we only had one technical error uh, of all the participants. And I think that was because of not uh, understanding the technology, just the age of the equipment that he was forced to deal with. We had a bit of internet connection problem, but you're right. You're right, Pat. It was just one person we couldn't fix. And uh, it's what, yeah, that's worth mentioning that. Every, almost even if you're kind of thinking that you, you, you know all this technology stuff sounds kind of uh, fast moving and uh, like a, an obstacle in reality we had an amazing success rate and we can walk you through how to install vassal we walk you through how to install the various components uh, the bootcamp guys can absolutely oh, yeah. teach you all the the basics of how to you know get all of the gear and machinery running and uh, if we can do it for other people i'm sure we can do it for you guys as well yeah, I think we all received sort of personal thanks from various people who we yeah. who we brought up up the learning curve. Uh, one 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 person in particular, I remember. I mean, how to get on Discord, how to install Vassal, as you're saying, Edgar. And then post con, I think he and his buddy were on the on the Discord server for months on end. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> people kind of had their own uh, mini cons yeah, using exactly. our uh, uh, the setups. Yeah. yeah. Which is great to see, which absolutely fantastic yeah. to see. Yeah, that's that's another benefit of the of the con is there's a meeting place that doesn't end when the con is over. Right, the meeting place stays there because it doesn't cost anything. It's there on Discord. If somebody you met somebody during the convention, hey, let's get together in a month and replay this game. You can do it, and you have an mm-hmm. exact place to that you know works because it's there. It's still there. Yeah. Right, right. The, the only the only hurdle, right, we have is we want to emulate physical con and create camaraderie with it. But, you know, it's still a digital platform, right? Mm-hmm. There's an inherent, you know, uh, impersonal feeling about sometimes using a digital technology. But, but I think that, we, and we had a lot of comments on that, instead of automating everything, automating greeting, et cetera, we had live human beings and channels, yeah. you yeah. know, not just even chatting, you know, words have value and, and things that weren't automated and, and stuff we provided people just entering the lobby for the first time. Like, hi. Yeah. You know, in my mind, I kept using um, I kept using Path as a model. I mean, I sort of had an imaginary narrative surrounding Path, but but I know Pat had been with the con for ages. I knew that that Harold was the organizer, but I had a feeling that Pat was one of those people that was omnipresent. Right, like you needed something done, you needed a table, you wanted some information, you went to Pat. So I, I sort of used, I wanted him as a model, and I just liked the idea. Well, you know, uh, he served in every capacity. So I sort of, yeah. I, I like the idea that all of us, you know, wanted to be like that. Right, we wanted to be everywhere, and talking to people and engaged, as if we were running around different tables. Is everything okay? How's it going? And, and for, I think that, yeah. that resonated with an enormous amount of people that attended. Yeah, and we're there the entire time the con is running. Somebody, if you have you know issues, you have questions, yeah. there's going to be an actual human being in the tech support room uh, other than when we go to sleep. So that our official con hours, I, we officially do sleep at some point. But there, there's, you know, anytime the con is running and the talks are running, somebody is there and they can help you in real time. Yeah, Edgar, Edgar was in our days. everywhere at the con. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. It's kind of a joke, but it's also kind of, it goes to my phone. So, yes. 
Yeah. God, it's just, it was a lot. It was a lot. It's another thing. It's just a lot of us tend to be a little bit more of the face of the con, but I got to say just, you know, Edgar is a big foundation, <laughs> super foundational. Behind the scenes, the, and the other face. You know, I don't want to say we take it for granted, but we cease mentioning it because we so greatly depend on him. You know, as um, what I what I enjoy work, working with Edgar most of all is just absolutely cool under fire. Mm, yeah, just uh, again, I'm just I'm happy to get the, a chance to sort of uh, use some of my the skills that I've picked up at work in a in a positive right. way. So right. I'm very happy with this opportunity. We're uh, we're lucky to have you as a friend and a team member, Edgar. You know. Um, I'll, I'll close with that. You know, we've been doing, I guess, six or seven years. I don't know exactly. And, and you know, with my memory, it's going to be 12 years tomorrow and 15 years after that. But we've been doing this convention and so much of it has weighed, you know, kind of weighed on our shoulders as, as to us just doing everything. Um, and, and by the way, Bobby, you said that people would come to Pat during the face-to-face -face con. People can also come to me during the face-to-face -face con. I'm just going to send them to Pat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nice so, so uh, but, but, you know, this is uh, this November and, and this con uh, are the first time that I've felt like the con's bigger than me and Pat, right? Mm -hmm. that, 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 that there's a group now that owns this and makes it happen. And that's the greatest feeling, right? I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I won't be around forever. I would love for this con to continue, you know, after either I lose interest in you all or I'm not around. <laughs> Um, and, and I, that can't happen if it's just me and Pat, right. But if it's a, a group of really smart people that, that have good ideas and, and take this stuff so seriously, it's going to, it's going to be around for a long time. So I'm pretty pumped about that. And, and, uh, so I'll just close with great appreciation of you guys and everybody else that we work with to put this con together. And, um, with that. Uh, we are out of here to go do more work on the con and to share this podcast with, uh, with the world. All right. See everybody there. Thank you. See everyone. Be there. Take care. That's it for the steering committee of the San Diego Historical Games Convention. Hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you appreciate how much fun we have putting on these conventions. Hopefully we'll see you in May or November of this year or sometime in the future. Until then, I'll be looking for people to help me check line of sight in the South China Sea. You can tell us about the, the games or the events that did not make it for the San Diego HisCon in May 21. What events missed it that, that you're excited about? Some of the, you know, highlights that, man, I was, I was really gunning for, even at the last con. A, The Voice Wargamer Edition or Designer Karaoke Night. Dan Pancaldi hosting, you know, I know there'll be a lot of eye rolls here, but imagine... You pick from a small group of tracks previously agreed upon. Mark Herman doing My Way, you know. Volko <laughs> Durling doing, you know. Ice Wide Zopa. Yeah, yeah. Volko doing some Snoop Dogg. I mean, <laughs> think about it. I can see Mike Herman doing Sinatra. That, that, that really does resonate with me, yeah. And, and you know <laughs> it, it would happen. And then, and then all the viewers would vote.
that that room would be packed instantly. Another one, Clash of the Titans, celebrity death match, where two or more designers get together, not to play a war game, but a family game, like Ticket to Ride, Ticket to Ride <laughs> tournament. And hunger, especially hunger hippos because I have a feeling <laughs> Mark Herman and Volko have probably never played Ticket to Ride. You know, um, and then Tea Time with Harold. I mean, why do we leave you know the UK out? A special yeah, coffee. But with tea and just UK designers. Yeah, yeah. So, get me up. So, get me up about midnight, and I'll. Uh, I'll. Yeah, you know, that, that was the only problem. It was a hard sell. Time. So, if there's any listeners out there that really, really think <laughs> war game or karaoke would be a thing, next time I'll make it happen personally for you. But it's a hard sell with know. these guys. Yeah, these guys were like. Uh, Post it in comments. Big click eye roll here. Big eye roll. <laughs> Post it in comments, click like, and subscribe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.